Welcome to the Powerful Podcast. Today you are with me. Shocker, nothing new. It's Coach Kylie. As you guys may know if you've been around, I am a registered dietitian, personal trainer, health and wellness coach, and yoga therapist who really dives into the integrative health approaches that women can take to have realistic and attainable health. And so today we have Alexis, who's going to be talking about shifting our mindset. So I'm going to pass it off to her and let her talk a little bit more about her experience in this area. Sounds good. I'm so happy to be on. As you mentioned, I'm Alexis. I am the founder of Confidently Mommy Coaching. Uh, My background is in clinical mental health. I've spent the last five plus years working as a therapist and then, um, I continue to work as a therapist as well as a coach specializing in mindset work because so much of what I do in therapy is also translatable to coaching um, mindset wise. And so my passion is really with women and moms, and I'm just so excited to share some tips and things like that today. Yes, I'm so excited because I feel like when we were talking about this, shifting your mindset can be such a huge game changer. Oftentimes we have this experience of self-sabotage or overwhelm or anxiety that tends to hold us back from the things we really want. Even if we can make the steps as simple as possible to doing them, if we're still held back in this mindset or this limiting phase, then none of that's going to happen. So I'm excited to talk a little bit more about how to shift your mindset. Absolutely. I mean, this is exactly what, you know, I work with my women on. They're mostly, you know, successful and thriving women. And yet, no matter how much work they put in, they just don't feel like it's, you know, kind of hitting the mark. And they'd also just really struggle with not feeling enough or that sense of like guilt and pressure. Um, And so oftentimes it's not about what they're doing. It's more about, you know, the mental piece of that and how that gets in the way, because wherever your mind is, is where you're going to go. Um, it's a powerful tool. You can do all the quote unquote right things and not get very far because your mindset's not in the right place. I, I see that day in and day out, my dear. So I am not one to argue with that. I see that really often with the girls that I work with as well, because obviously we all have goals, right? Whether that's to feel healthier, eradicate symptoms, look better in the mirror, whatever that might be, at least for my niche I'm taking from having a better relationship with food, that mindset, that how-to can feel so daunting and overwhelming. So what would you say that first step is to start shifting your mindset in the right direction? So I believe a lot of mindset work you have to kind of pull in an outside party, a third-party person who isn't outside of yourself, because oftentimes you're too close to actually see that it's mindset that's getting in the way. So that's first and foremost, like get some, you know, support and assistance, you know, whether that's a therapist, whether that's a coach, whether that's, you know, um, a friend, whatever, just having somebody you can toss ideas around with. Because a lot of the times what I find is that the more time you spend in your head, the bigger things get and the more impossible they seem. Um, and then once you step back and you kind of talk it out or you plan it out or whatever, um, it's usually much smaller than you had had originally imagined. And you actually have been keeping yourself because of the doubts and, um, ways you've amplified it in your head. So first and foremost, definitely, you know, getting some support and help that way. Then once you kind of jump into the work and once you kind of jump into things, what I work with my clients on is focusing on 
what is working rather than what isn't. Um, we often do like gratitude sort of things um, where we do like a daily gratitude list. Okay. Um, and it's finding those small ways to be grateful, finding those small successes, because again, where you, you know, shift your mind is where you're going to go. That's not the same as toxic positivity, right? It's not saying everything is rainbows and sh sunshine and <laughs> unicorns. It's saying that even with the struggle, there are things that are going well, and that's, you know, something to highlight. Um, so that's one piece of it for sure. I love that. So a book that I've read is The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. One of my favorites. One, he's just super blunt. So if you want that self-help book that is a little bit more real world, like you said, not rainbows and butterflies, but allowing you to feel the shit and then move forward in it. That's a really great book too, to help kind of kickstart your experiences. Cause it sounds exactly what, um, like what Alexis is saying. And then I really liked the aspect of gratitude, but without, without the BS rather, you know, it's, it's appreciating those small moments. Cause I can say on a day-to-day -day business as or a on a day-to-day -day lifestyle as a business owner, that's where I was going with that, is that I have a ton of to-do lists. There are always things on my plate. There are inevitably things that don't get done in a day. There are days that I'm working till 9 p.m. I'm typing away while watching The Bachelor or things like that. And it's important in those moments to remember, okay, there's a lot I've accomplished, even if it's not everything I wanted or vice versa. I remember that all or nothing mindset. And I have another podcast episode about that, if that interests you guys. And I think back, you know, a handful of years to university or even my residency program. And it's like, you have this dawn and, and it's in air quotes, everybody daunting task, right? Like an Excel sheet or a 10 page paper and you slowly start to push it off because it feels overwhelming and it feels overwhelming. And then you're like, shit, okay, it's finally due. And as soon as you put together that outline, you're like, oh, this isn't that bad. I pushed this off for three mm -hmm. weeks because I was so overwhelmed. But at the end of the day, I just needed an outline. And that reference and you know metaphor kind of jumps back to where we are about goal setting you can just make a step-by-step -step process and appreciate what is working to then alleviate some of that stress moving forward with those bigger or scarier topics. Absolutely. Um, another practice that I really like to use, and you kind of hit on it a bit of when you think about all the things you have to do, right? So one of the tactics that I use is practicing presence, okay. right? If you're not worried about the future and you're not reflecting on the past, you're in the present moment, right? And when you're in the present moment, it's pretty hard to be stressed out and all of that, right? <laughs> so what I mean by that is, you know, grounding yourself, um, you know, finding something to engage your senses that are, in, you know, that are in the moment, whether that's pushing your feet into the floor, taking a deep breath, taking a drink of cold water, um, smelling your favorite lotion, just bringing yourself back to present and saying, you know, it doesn't matter what I have 10 minutes from now. It doesn't matter what I did two days ago, it matters what I'm doing right now. And that's all I can control. That's all I have access to do anything about is what is in this moment right now. Because if you're going to stress about what you have to do, you're going to psych yourself out. And if, if you're going to think about what you haven't done, then you're just going to kind of put this umbrella of shame and guilt over yourself that just feels defeated before you even get started. And so this idea of practicing presence is for sure one of my go-tos of all the work I do. <laughs> so that really hits home for myself because 
part of my yoga therapy. So I'm a yoga therapist as well as, you know, all the other things that I do. And with meditation or even in a class, gosh, I miss teaching. That was like pre-COVID times, but I would be like, okay, when we're here breathing, let's not think about your to-do list. Let's not think about how hungry you are for dinner right now. Um, You know, what, what are the things that are um, outside of us? Let's focus on our insides. And that's really easy when we're on a mat and there's cute music playing and the lights are dim. But on a day-to-day basis, when that setting isn't there for us, what type of suggestions would you have to kind of reel yourself back in and check your mentality? So I really like sensory sort of experiences. So whether that's um, feeling like your sweater or, you know, um, using different temperatures, like feeling the air against your face. Uh, there's an exercise that I do a lot of the times with my clients where it's five, four, three, two, one. It's a pretty common experience, you know, exercise for most people, but it's you engage each of the senses and you kind of count down with the senses. So like, for instance, five things you see, four things you hear, three things you're touching, two things you taste, one thing you smell. Okay. And you you can rearrange that however you want, but it's this idea of when you're present um, you're engaging your senses. And when you engage your senses, you're present, kind of that vice versa thing. Uh, breathing is a big one that I like to go back to because it's ever present, right? You don't have to do anything. You don't have to, you can do that while you're driving, just taking some deep breaths, putting your hands on your stomach, putting your hands on your chest, you know, something yeah. along those lines can really be quick, effective and simple. Like it, it can be used for anyone at any time. Another piece of this too, which actually leads me perfectly into the next point is this idea of non-judgmental awareness, being curious rather than judgmental, right? This idea of, I should have done this. I shouldn't have done that. I'm so bad. I'm so good. Whatever it is. I mean, even if you're lifting yourself up of like, yeah, I'm a badass kind of thing, right? It's this idea of, non-judgmental awareness. It's this idea of curiosity, right? What is it I need in this moment? What is it that I notice, right? It's asking yourself what questions versus why questions, because oftentimes why questions actually lead you into like this defensive stance of having to, you know, defend whatever it is that you did. So why did I think it that way? Or why did I do it that way? Or whatever it is, right? Like, so instantly you're in this defense mode of shouldn't have, I'm bad, I'm not good enough kind of idea. Whereas if you shift the script just a little bit of what is it that I need from this moment? What is it that I'm feeling right now? What is it I notice? doesn't matter what you're feeling or notice. It's just there. And then you get to be open about it so that you can kind of move about the cabin what feels best in that moment. Yeah, I feel like even as you were just saying that, it flows so much more naturally. Like even just hearing it, when I hear those why, why, whys, it's Um, I think of two things one like a small child like asking their mom like well why is this well why is this and you know at the end of the day you're like well shit I'm fed up with this like (laughs) because I said so or we kind of have that why 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 mentality of okay well why am I doing this why was it this way and you're right it naturally subconsciously kind of brings your arms up and brings your guard up and then I felt that shift as soon as you were like well what am I feeling what could I do? Um, what could I change? What could I experience? What am I feeling? All of these types of things just felt so much more open and flowing and intuitive rather than extensively defensive, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like even shut down, right? Because when you ask why, it's almost as if there's one option, right? And you're a unique human, right? So nothing is 
it's all determined based on context and what you need and your particular circumstances, right? What fits for one person isn't going to fit for me. That's why like the one size fits all approach doesn't work. Um, that's why getting, you know, really personalized, um, help in that way, whether that's therapist or coach or what have you, it's because it's customized to you. It's not this broad sweeping over generalization. So absolutely, um, being curious, recognizing there's not just this one path to, you know, success, kind of that curiosity and, uh, presence piece too. There's this intentional self-care. Okay. I know self-care gets a really bad rap because a lot of people feel like, well, I don't have time for that, or I don't have the money for that, right? Or whatever excuses. Or it's like a bubble bath with a glass of wine rather than the real encompassing. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yep. <laughs> yes. And so one of my thought processes, self-care doesn't have to be extravagant or, you know, expensive. You know, I honestly, there was a time in my life where I had pennies to my name and they weren't even my own pennies kind of thing. Like I remember (laughs) not having much. I remember being stressed out in grad school in particular and parenting, you know, there isn't a lot of time in my day, so to speak, where I can just go sit in a bubble bath with a glass of wine and read my book. However, that doesn't mean I get to sacrifice my self-care until my kids are out of my house because that's, you know, 17 years from now, hopefully. But that doesn't mean I can't take time for myself now. And the same for anyone who's listening too. It's this idea of taking intentional time for you. Again, it doesn't have to be extravagant or expensive, but it can be taking a few breaths. It can be waking up early so that you get a few moments of quiet. Um, Self-care also doesn't have to be something that you necessarily enjoy or want to do, but that it sets you up for success. So for instance, self-care can be paying your bills on time because then you're not left with, oh my gosh, I'm going to go into foreclosure. Oh my gosh, they're going to come, you know, debt collectors are going to come and get me. Self-care really is about being intentional with taking care of yourself and meeting your needs, which is part of that curiosity about what is it I need right now? Is it that I need to sleep in, you know, an extra couple hours because I am feeling exhausted? Or is it that I need to get up and move my body? Is it that I need to take a few breaths or take a drink of water? You know, it can really be something very simple. And when you are taking care of yourself, things feel less amplified. For instance, I mean, hangry didn't become a term for nothing, right? Like when you're hungry, (laughs) you're going to have amplified feelings. Everything's going to get under your skin a lot easier than if you're fed. The same thing can be said when you're sleeping and moving your body. When you are taking care of yourself, you are better able to regulate yourself too. And that's going to help you with your mindset shifts. That's going to help you have the goals that you want um, to accomplish. Right. And I think that that also kind of stems off that, you know, we don't have to have a huge budget to have self-care. Some of my clients are very musical. So that's songwriting or playing a piano. Other clients, it's calling a friend. And I think to myself, okay, what do I like to do? I'm happy to spend some cash on a, on a facial. I'm not going to lie, but it's, but what really stresses me out is when my home is a mess or my office is a mess, but that overwhelms me sometimes. So it took me three weeks to, to do my office and here it is. It is clean behind me. But when I did, I was like, holy cow, first of all, free self-care. Yes. There was some labor on my end involved, but it was something that allowed me to really release any stress and tension I had 
And that's on a day-to-day basis. So we can think of all the other types of things we like to enjoy, whether that's baking or gardening or going on a walk or talking to a friend or a family member. There are so many ways that we can practice self-care and mindfulness in one setting. And we just have to figure out what those things are for us. What stresses you out? Is there a way to release that comfortably, whether that's financially, time-wise, et cetera, and then find a way to make that happen? So for me, I knew, okay, I was having a busy Sunday. Usually I don't, um, but I was doing a speaking. um, I was speaking at a conference. And so I was like, well, I have the morning and I don't want to just sit here and start thinking about speaking because then I'm going to feel pent up and have to nervous pee 10 times. So instead I was like, all right, I'm going to clean my office. It has looked terrible for the past couple of days and I'm ready to do that. And in doing so, sure, I was being productive to keep my mind off of things, but at the same time, it it feels so much more calm when I step into this space now. And so even just having that fostering environment for yourself can be so helpful. Kind of the last piece that I think would be important to mention when it comes to mindset shifts is the idea that everything is temporary right? Like the discomfort that you're feeling, it's temporary. At one point in your life, you felt like this was the biggest stress that you ever experienced. And that was true. That was my office. (laughs) Yeah, but it's temporary, right? Mm -hmm. And ignoring it doesn't make it go away. Facing it is where kind of the, you know, it's uncomfortable, but facing it is where you thrive and it's temporary. The discomfort you're feeling is temporary. So whether that's stress that you're experiencing, whether that's, you know, guilt or whatever it is, it's this idea that it will pass. Perfect. I love that. And I think that's so important. I feel like if you've been around, I talk a lot about I amness. It's a kind of a yoga slash ego slash connection thing that kind of is sticking to our worst versions of ourselves. And so Again, sorry if you've heard this already in my podcast, but instead of saying I am, say I feel because I feel is temporary and that can change and that can that can morph and that can flow. So I really love that. Other than my version of I amness and taking that away, how would you suggest people remember that things are temporary? How can we start to shift our mindset there? So a lot of the metaphors I use um, come back to water, honestly. And so one of the ways that I have taught with my, or like worked with my clients on teaching that concept is the idea of a wave, right? You have a peak and then it falls and it's not your job to like force the wave to stop. It's not your job to make the waves bigger or smaller. You're just to ride the wave. And the idea is that the ocean changes every single day. You know, you'll never face the same ocean. And sometimes it's stormy and sometimes it's calm. And sometimes the waves come fast and sometimes they're big, right? And the idea being that, it's all temporary. Like the waves come and go and it's not your job to do anything about them. So if you're standing on the shore and the waves are coming to the shore, you know, you're not trying to hold on to them and say, stay (laughs) around, right? Like, I don't know how many of you live near the beach and have tried that, but that's not something you can do. It's not stopping the waves because water is powerful, right? It's more of just allowing it to kind of come and go and notice it without holding onto it or putting too much weight into it, if that makes sense. That totally makes sense. I love that. And I kind of just want to recap those five steps because I feel like we had so much good conversation in between them. If you if you miss the big, bold letters here, the first thing was focus on what's working, not what isn't, kind of maintaining that positive attitude, practicing presence. 
using some of the techniques that Alexis had talked about to maintain here and now versus the past or the future. Kind of looking at yourself instead of wise and instead of being guarded with curiosity and openness. And then practicing that intentional self-care. I'm doing like a party dance because that one is so important. We have to take care of ourselves physically, mentally, and internally to live our most fulfilled lives. Five was what we had just literally talked about. So I hope you retained that one. Remembering that everything that you're feeling and experiencing is temporary. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah, spot on. I'm so grateful to have had this opportunity to chat with you and just the work that you're doing. I really appreciate it all. I've actually really enjoyed um, seeing your content because I feel like it is just a daily reminder of what we're talking about here. Reducing stress, being present. And you know, even though I can preach it all day to my girls, sometimes I need the personal reminder as well. So it's really nice. Of course, we all do. Yeah, of course we all do. So again, just really want to thank you, Alexis, for being on here today. Really, at the end of the day, the biggest thing that we're doing here is continuing to advocate for women in health in all aspects. That's never just exercising. It's never just nutrition, and it's never just mindset or therapy. It really is an integration of all things. So if you continue to want to learn more about how you can grow into your best self, and continue to maximize your health, this is the place for you to be. Continue checking out new episodes. Maybe scroll back if this is your first time here and check out some of the stuff that's already been posted because it rocks. And we'll check you out next time we're here.